This is episode 251 of the AWS podcast, released on June 26, 2018. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Sam Lesher here with you, as always, and we have a special series taking place. This is a series from AWS Security and Compliance, and it's around GDPR readiness. So it's a special series that you'll hear from week to week, exploring some of the nuances of meeting the requirements of GDPR, and how using AWS services can make this easier for customers. So go ahead, take a listen. Let us know what you think. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place for feedback. And until next time, keep on building. Welcome to the AWS Security and Compliance Podcast. I am Larry. And I'm Katie. We're talking the GDPR today. That's the EU's General Data Protection Regulation. And joining us is Michael, Senior Product Manager of the AWS Security Service, Amazon GuardDuty. He's here to tell us how GuardDuty can help you meet your GDPR obligations. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, Michael. Good to talk to you guys. Let's talk a little bit. Give us the basics, what GuardDuty is, how customers might be using it today. Just break down the lay of the land for, for GuardDuty. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, Guard Duty is one of our um, newest security services. Security is obviously a broad, um, broadly applicable uh, thing that every customer is interested in. And um, we designed Guard Duty to be, uh, um, you know, interesting and important to our smallest and even our largest customers within AWS. And it's proven that out today. So um, with respect to GDPR, um, it's Guard Duty is actually covering a more fundamental um, aspect of security. So it's applicable to GPR in the sense that you know Guard Duty is a easy way to continuously monitor all of your AWS accounts and resources for um, malicious or unauthorized behavior. Um, and it catches things like instances that have been compromised, so virtual machines that have been compromised, which can lead to uh, data issues, uh, data um, security issues, uh, or uh, even more importantly, account compromise or even insider threat. So what is happening in my account with respect to my resources? Who's in my account? What are they doing? What's the behavior look like? And are we able to accurately detect malicious or unauthorized or suspicious behavior that will lead us to stop uh, an, an attack or a misuse or a misconfiguration that could lead to uh, you know, a data exposure? We really distilled uh, it down to um, a binary decision. Guard duty is either on or off. That's it. We do a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, it's a single click or API call within an AWS account. And then everything happens behind the scenes. So where we start consuming all the metadata uh, within an account. So things like AWS CloudTrail, VPC flow logs, DNS logs. So many of the metadata associated with an account that's kind of pre-instrumented into AWS as a platform. You don't have to deploy any software or hardware. Uh, you don't have to manage or maintain anything. Um, and it's really unabrasive to the account. There's nothing operating in the account itself, so you don't have to worry about um, disrupting sensitive workloads or slowing down development or application teams. They all can still operate as if, you know, as if before Guard Duty was enabled. But yet, the security team can keep an eye on, you know, what's happening where. And then again, Guard Duty, with its advanced analytics and machine learning, is able to detect anomalies or or, or malicious uh, or unusual or suspicious behavior that would suggest a potential uh, either attack or again a misuse. So what's something people may not know from the outside not being on an AWS service team? Sure. I think the most common mistake or, or just in misinterpretation of the service is, you know, the industry in general is very well uh, adept to traditional intrusion detection, intrusion prevention systems. Um, they're very mature. There's many of them. Um, Guard Duty is actually largely complementary to that because uh, those systems are very good at 
um, mostly focusing on the network and the virtual machines and protecting against instance compromise. They're doing things like deep packet inspection, um, host-based intrusion detection and prevention at the host level. Um, GuardDuty is looking from a different angle. And so it's just a different way of monitoring uh, resources in the account itself. Uh, and, and that's a really important point. You know, most of those traditional intrusion detection, intrusion prevention systems don't have the concept of an account or resources from an account level or, or, or services, AWS services or cloud services. And so GuardDuty, by watching the entire account itself, all the users, all the API calls, the activity within a cloud account, um, you're really covering another vector that those don't often cover. One of the greatest strengths, it seems like, with AWS is both partners and the scale. Talk about how both of those play into GuardDuty's story, because it seems like that's one of the things we're really, really highlighting here with the service. Sure, yeah. So let me start with scale. So scale is a is a key one for GuardDuty. It's you know one of the reasons we developed GuardDuty was, was for ourselves. Uh, and um, you know, Amazon and AWS and all of our, a lot of our, you know, uh, subsidiary companies all operate on AWS. We operate at massive scale. So we've got, you know, many, many, many AWS accounts and different application teams and everybody's moving as fast as they can. And the security teams, you know, often get, it becomes really challenging to manage security across such a broad um, set of workloads and teams and business units and companies, et cetera. And so uh, with, you know, one of our one of our challenges and goals within security within AWS is allowing those teams to continue to move as fast as they possibly can, innovate on behalf of the customer, but but also keep the bar high on security. So guard duty is an innovative way of doing that in the sense that again we're not disrupting any of those workloads, putting any restrictions on 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 the dev teams or operations teams whatsoever. They don't have to manage any additional security infrastructure. I don't need access to their accounts to you know push in sensors or 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 agents. Um, I can monitor it all from the outside on the metadata and they can run as fast as they can and move as fast as they can and scale as much as they can. And it's not going to slow, slow things down from guard duty perspective. So from a scale perspective, guard duty is fantastic. It's again, one of the reasons why it's become so fast, uh, quickly adopted because some of our largest customers that have hundreds or even thousands of AWS accounts, multiple BUs globally using multiple regions, guard duty can be turned on in minutes. Uh, that's pretty hard to do with any traditional security solution because you've got to deploy a lot of infrastructure and you got to worry about any disruption they may have on your existing workloads and applications. With respect to partners, um, GuardDuty plays a great role there as well. Like I said, it's very complementary. It's doing, you know, tr- it's doing threat detection across instances and app and accounts themselves in a very innovative way. So it's very complementary to, you know, uh, many of our security partners. Um, so we had 15 uh, partners that uh, supported GuardDuty at launch with integrations. We, we're now at 16 and we have many more coming. Um, these are. Oh, th- that's pretty incredible. You guys only launched in November. Yeah, only launched. <laughs> so at launch, you know, within that you know, short time frame that we gave them a heads up that we were developing the service, they, um, you know, many of our partners were able to see the opportunity and value and the, comp- you know, the complimentary approach they could take. And there was integration right off the bat. So to give you some examples, um, the Trend Micro is a great partner. They have a you know a well well known host based um, intrusion detection intrusion prevention system called Deep Security. Um, Deep Security is a service on AWS, um, and it lives on the host, right? So it's very good at protecting virtual machines, instances. Uh, there's an agent that lives on the host. Now those uh, their system can pick up GuardDuty detections. So GuardDuty, for example, can say, "Hey, we see an instance that's cryptocurrency mining, or talking to a known command and control server, or just behaving in an anomalous way. Um, and maybe it always acted one way as part of a auto scaling group, and all of a sudden it's doing something kind of suspicious." 
Um, now trend can look at that from the host side and it can take that finding and say, okay, I'm going to take action on this. I'm going to isolate this instance. I'm going to run a file integrity scan. I'm going to look for any, um, you know, changes in the files that have been downloaded to this, uh, instance in the last 48 hours as an example, and do some forensics and protection mechanism there. So they're very complementary in that way. So refocusing in on what Guard Duty does exactly, how many checks are there right now? Yeah, so Guard Duty, uh, it's another big um, interesting part of the service. So it's a fully managed service. Part of the managed part of the service is the is the detections. So that's often, uh, in the case of traditional solutions, um, a heavy lifting piece for customers. They've got to write their own rules and detections, maintain them, tweak them, tune them, tune out false positives, things like that. So guard duty does that. We do all that for the customer and we do it across our entire customer base. So we get very inf- uh, interesting information in aggregate at scale of noisy use cases, noisy detections, and we iterate on them very quickly. So when we started about this time last year in private beta with customers, we had about 20 detections. And since then, we've we launched in November with uh, 32 and now we have 43. So we've more than doubled the detections in 12 months. And that that represents additional value for customers at no additional cost. So we're constantly iterating on the existing detections there many of them are on version two or three we've added new ones we're taking feedback from customers on hey i fell victim to this kind of attack or hey i wish guard duty could protect me against this what do you think we 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 noodle on it we do some experimentation we test it at scale and if it works we push it into the service and customers get to take advantage of it across all of our customer base with uh, um, again no additional cost for them so that's a big value proposition of the service and we're going to continue to uh, invest heavily there so customers are going to you know, see, you know, tens of uh, new detections coming and, you know, eventually into the hundreds of detections with really no work on, on their part. I feel like it was one of the things, everything around here, AWS is moving so quickly, but you, you just said that you've like doubled in a single year, the capabilities of this service. I, I feel like we just have to step back and say, man, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. We've been able to basically take feedback from customers. We're on calls with, with our customers, you know, five to seven a week. They're giving us feedback on what they're finding, what they're detecting, what they wish they could detect. We're also doing regular cadence. We live within AWS security. Uh, so we do regular cadence with AWS security, our fraud teams, our abuse teams. What are we seeing across the platform? What are customers falling victim to? What security cases have come up? How can we design detections to catch those in the future? And if I'm a new customer, I enable guard duty, I turn on guard duty. What's something I'm likely to see? Is there? I mean, I know every yeah, sure. use case is different, but what what pings? What yeah, goes no, there's some, bump in the night? Yeah, there's some generalities that you can... I get this question a lot, actually, from customers. You know, they want to know what's going to happen when they click the button. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so in, in, in general, we see, uh, as you can imagine, the, the more advanced anomalies detections where we're looking at user behavior and account-based compromise and things of that nature, there's a learning period there. So it takes uh, it takes time for Guard Duty to get a good baseline and understanding of the behavior of the environment. We're profiling all the users, all the all the policies, roles, um, all the API calls, etc. So what often customers see first is the threat intel based findings because the threat intel based findings are are stateless. There's no learning really required there. It's your instance is talking to a known command and control server or your cryptocurrency mining. It's kind of a binary thing. You're either doing it or you're not. Um, so customers will turn it on. They'll often find a lot of instances that are exposed to the internet that shouldn't be, you know, a developer's left a security group open or misconfigured a security group and they've got open ports to the, to the internet. And that's, uh, you're going to get 
probed and scanned and brute forced almost immediately by thousands or even sometimes tens of thousands of, of, uh, of malicious IPs. And so they'll find a whole bunch of instances being port probed and brute forced and they'll say, ah, yeah, okay, that, that shouldn't be, let's, let's contact that resource owner. Let's get those configurations changed. Let's make sure the security groups are in place. Um, they'll get some that come through. They're like, oh yeah, I know why that's happening. That has to be exposed to the internet. It's fully protected. I get it. Then they'll get some things um, like instances scanning one instance, scanning another instances with their VPC, things that are vulnerability scanners, uh, things of that nature. And then over time, two, three months into it, they'll often start to get things that are much more interesting. Um, now that the behavioral starts kicking in, they'll get users logging in, not using the you know the MFA or not using their, the way they should be logging in from inside the internal VPN. Um They'll get interesting behavior where they'll find an instance has actually been compromised and is doing cryptocurrency mining or, or DDoSing or other nature. And then they'll actually have confirmed cases of, hey, you know, developer put their credentials up on GitHub. We got compromised. Guarduty caught it before they ran up. They started launching infrastructure in a region we're not using to do whatever, cryptocurrency mining or other. Um, and so th- that'll kind of be the long tail end of it. Most customers are, especially our early adopting customers are really good at security. So that's a good thing. So they turn it on, all the bells and whistles aren't going off right away, but they get that slow trickle of uh, misconfigurations, misbehavior, you know, uh, practices that shouldn't be happening, but are. And then, you know, when, when they do happen, um, like an instance compromise or an account compromise, GuardDuty catches it. And the, in, in a lot of cases, they're eager to tell us. So they're excited to, you know, anecdotally let us know that, hey, this worked. So, so for somebody who doesn't know, how big of a problem is cryptocurrency uh, mining? How, what are people yeah, seeing out there? It's, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, is security with respect to uh, threats. For the most part, it's it's almost always monetary driven, right? So traditionally, I'd break into a system. I'm looking for things I can steal that I can sell, right? Uh, for a lot of cases, or ransomware, right? Go back to the user itself and say, you know, if you want your stuff back, pay me. Um, cryptocurrency mining is just another form of that. Uh, happens to be, you know, compute intensive. Um, and if you can get compute for free by compromising somebody's account or instance, you know, it's a e- really easy one to automate. Um, it's fairly anonymous on once you get the once you get the cryptocurrency, so you can it's easy to get access to the. You don't have to go sell it physically, do a transaction to sell data. That's kind of if I steal a bunch of credit card numbers, I've kind of got to be figure out where to go sell those without getting caught. If I cryptocurrency mining, I kind of can get away with it until somebody catches me and I've got access to the, the, the way the, the system works. I, you know, I've got access to the currency and, and it's anonymous. So it's a popular one. Um, and so you'll, you'll find you'll find attackers that'll get in. They'll do some things, open up some back doors for themselves to come back later. They'll change some resource policies. They maybe do some poking around for, for data or other things. And then they'll spin up a whole bunch of cryptocurrency mining just to get as much of that done as they can before they get caught. The credentials get rotated. And then they may try to figure out how to come back in through a different mechanism that they've set up inside the account. So that's kind of the... That's and so as crypto, you know, spikes in huge amounts of dollars, you know, demand bubble, whatever mm-hmm. you... Do you see attacks in that same way? Like it just becomes more profitable and they, they spike as well? Um, actually, what I think, you know, again, this is anecdotal because I don't have uh, tons of data on this, but what we're seeing is um, uh, I think it's becoming less popular in some cases because it's becoming more expensive. Um, so as, you know, the as cryptocurrency becomes more mature, 
um, you know, in the early days, you could spin up, uh, you know, you could spin up compute and you can actually mine quite a bit of meaningful cryptocurrency um, in a fairly short period of time. Now it's becoming really expensive. So a short period of time of cryptocurrency mining is generating less financial benefit for, for the attacker. So unless they can get away with running it for months without you catching them, um, it comes, becomes a little bit hard. Mm. Um, a good example of this is they start going after lower end cryptocurrencies like Monero and others that aren't less popular uh, or less mature. Uh, and so they're a little bit cheaper to mine. And they're doing things like earlier this year, we caught a broad um, attack before it was published um, where a, a, a group had basically were using Jenkins to, to compromise instances. So you launch Jenkins and over 24 hours, it automatically turns itself into a Monero cryptocurrency miner and starts cryptocurrency mining. So a lot of customers using RDD were catching this. They thought it might be an insider threat. It turns out it was actually the software itself with a vulnerability. So that was an example of something, again, where they were trying to crowdsource it out to be something much broader because compromising one account wasn't going to get them enough. So by compromising a popular uh, software application and then having lots of customers uh, fall victim to that over a period of time, they could kind of they could mine at scale. So at the heart of, you know, GDPR is this idea of data protection, privacy. Mm -hmm. How do you see, you know, the security services roadmap leaning towards that privacy idea and leaning towards this idea of data protection? Not to give away too much of the the house, (laughs) of course, but... Yeah. So, I mean, so again, as we've been talking, uh, you know, guard duty is one of those uh, services that allows you to kind of protect the entire estate, meaning the your accounts themselves, what your users are doing, et cetera. So it's very broad facing. Now, it doesn't have any context into what data you have where. Uh, so that's kind of the next step, right? Because I can tell you an instance is compromised, but I couldn't tell you, I don't have the context within guard duty to tell you what does that instance have access to with respect to data? Is it sensitive data? Is it data that would be come with a GDPR uh, penalty if, if it was uh, exfiltrated? Um, that's further context that we're enabling through multiple services. Macy is another service that we have, Amazon Macy, which starts to cover that. So what data do you have? Where is it? What is it made up of? Is it sensitive data or not? Um, how do you make sure and continuously monitor that the, the right controls are in place to access that data? And then how do you monitor the activity associated with with that data such that you can detect anomalies and actually block um, any um, any malicious activity or, or even misuse uh, of the data with respect to compliance like GDPR? So that's a very, very hard problem. Um, and um, we've got a, we're working down solving that with things like Macy and GuardDuty in combination. Um, and I'm very hopeful that we're going to continue to um, really innovate there and uh, give customers a way to do that very effectively and at scale. What can customers get right now, though? I mean, with the 42 detections um, mm-hmm. in terms of GDPR and data privacy and PII, like what checks would help them um, have overall that visibility into who's ac- accessing what? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, uh, again, this is anecdotal, but if you do your research and you look at, you know, some of the the breaches that have happened, um, or last 12, 18 months, 24 months, um, a lot of times it's not, it's, 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 it's just like in the real world where, you know, social engineer, somebody's, um, passwords, right. It's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of human mistakes, you know, always the humans. Yeah. The human, it's hard Keep to, humans it, away from data. It's hard <laughs> to, so Steve Schmidt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to fix the human, the human flaws. Right. So, you know, you'll find, uh, developers putting their credentials up on GitHub or some other public forum. Um, you'll find uh, people making mistakes and, and get in leaking those in other forms or fashions. You'll find insiders doing things they shouldn't be doing. Um, and you'll, 
And so guard duty really helps protect against a lot of those things. And it it seems pretty straightforward and simple, but it's super effective. And it's one of the biggest, again, if you look through the commonality of some of these big breaches that happened, you know, over the last, you know, 24, 18 months, it's, it's a lot of these simple things where, you know, somebody got access to something they shouldn't have. It happened over a sustained period of time because you weren't able to catch it. Um, and, um, and it's something that, you know, if you're able to watch everything at scale, you can catch these kind of things, uh, uh, earlier. And so with guard duty, I think that's the, the biggest thing is, are you, are you doing something today that's continuously monitoring all the activity with respect to access to your account as a whole? And are you able to detect, you know, mistakes, uh, uh that any of your users may make with respect to your sensitive data? And um, so starting there, and then we work our way down into the account from that point. But to me, that's, you know, guarding the front doors and guarding, you know, who's using what and touching what and what they're doing with it is one of the biggest areas to start and make sure. And it's just straightforward to to get started there. Um, We asked the Macy crew this, and I'm interested to hear your uh, take on this as well, because they name check guard duty quite a bit here. Where do you consider the primary threats are now coming from? Are they insider? Are they nation state? Are they accidental misconfiguration, all of the above? Like when you say this is our primary attack vector, do you have one or is it really holistic still? No, yeah, I'd say it's it's all of those. I mean, it's really hard to say that there's one of those you should worry about, not others, or that we're seeing a higher volume from one versus other. It really depends on the customer and the industry they're in. You know, the higher profile you are, the more sensitive data you have, the bigger target you're going to be for all three of those. Um, and so you kind of have to watch all of those vectors. You can't ignore any of them. And, um, and again, every single one of those are, are looking for ways to get access to, to the environment that they're not supposed to have access to and continuously monitoring for those and catching them as soon as possible is, is key. And then talk to people a little bit about how AWS has services internally, like a guard duty, they become externalized, you know, yeah. that process where you're like, hey, this is working for us. Would it work for for others as well? Yeah, and guard duty is an example of that. So, you know, guard duty has um, been in the hands of customers for 12 months now, but really the concept of guard duty has been around for several years. We've used it internally for some time, uh, not in the form that it is now because it's a tier one service um, for customers to use globally. But for us internally, we... You know, we figured out that, um, you know, our security team figured out that, hey, you know, monitoring all the the metadata associated with the um, usage of an account, uh, who's touching what, who's doing what, um, is actually a really effective mechanism and it's really unabrasive. And that was a key for us, right? We were we're scaling really fast. We've got, again, lots of diverse business units, teams. Um, lots of two pizza teams. Everybody's kind of their own organization with Amazon. How am I going to go to a team where they're operating a business and say, hey, I need to get, I'm security. I need to get access to your application. They're, you know, it's like, well, hold on a minute. You know, uh, this is this is my livelihood here. We're, we got a lot of customers on this. I can't let you just go poking around or deploying things. And so we figured out that, you know, monitoring the metadata around associated with the accounts was just inherent benefit of the platform of having that instrumented. And uh, and it's quite highly effective, uh, actually. So Gardu is a good example of that. We've been doing it internally for some time, had a lot of success with it, and we've turned it around and made it a public service for customers, and they're having a similar success with it, which is why it's become such a fast adopted service. And do you see that sort of thing happening going forward as well, where there's mm-hmm. things internally that eventually will make it to market? Yeah, I do. And and uh, also, which is really interesting, is that you know there's, there's things that uh, internally within Amazon we've been wanting to do for a really long time. Uh, and, and our security teams have had ideas about building a tool that does X or a service that does Y. And we're kind of at that stage now where we've, we've picked off a lot of the low-hanging fruit of things we've kind of proven out. And we've got a lot of things and big ideas internally within Amazon Security. We've only do, done some proof of concepts with and things that they would love 
to have us build as a public facing service because we can uh, we can invest heavier there and get it out to customers and then we turn it around and use it internally. So it goes both ways. It's not just like we have everything in, internally with an Amazon already <laughs> built and we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs and we're just pulling it out. Uh, there's a lot of ideas internally or, or things that we're, we're, we're just like any other company. We've got a lot of ideas and um, and also a lot of areas where we're trying to, well, we, uh, we wish we could do that better. I wish we could raise the bar there. I wish I could, you know, could, could monitor that at, at scale or do this in a more automated way. Um, and you know, they're throwing those ideas over the fence to, to our team because, you know, we're, we're building, uh, and expanding as fast as possible to basically get really good at building and operating these services. And then they want to turn around and become a customer. So, you know, Amazon and, uh, all of the Amazon companies and AWS as a whole, AWS security are all becoming, you know, our big, some of my biggest customers. And the industry term is, is dog fooding, but my dog eats really well. So I think it's appropriate in this case. It's really good <laughs> yeah. dog food, I should say, right? That's right. <laughs> Only the best. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, kind of talking in that similar vein, what excites you about Guard Duty's future? What do you, where do you see it? Where do you want it to go? So one of the things that excites me the most about Guard Duty, and I've seen this, um, I, so I'm this is my eighth year at AWS, and one of the things that Whoa, really, that's, I mean, that's like that's, a that's all of AWS. What? Yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> insane. I, I that's yeah. It's eleven yeah, it's years old or twelve years old at this point. Yeah, gone, gone fast. Yeah. yeah. So um, twenty years in the industry, and so coming from traditional enterprise IT, you know, seeing um, the organic adoption and growth of enterprise. Um, class services or solutions at the rate that you can do that with the model that AWS has come up with is pretty extraordinary. So, um, you know, the, the, we, what, what a big thing AWS has done that people don't really talk as much about is that we've kind of e-commerce, we've taken e-commerce to the enterprise IT world. So as an example, no matter how amazing my solution was, I built in a more traditional fashion, getting it in the hands of tens of thousands of customers in five months, it's just impossible, right? I would have had, I have to go through a direct sales model, or even a channel sales model. I've got to, you know, sign license agreements for a new uh, offering. I've got to get it out to, if it's a physical device, I got to get it out to them. Customers have to get it installed and uh, deployed. I mean, it's just, I'd be, I'd be lucky if I had some proof of concepts going by now. And so the fact that I can launch a service and watch it scale to tens of thousands of production use customers um, and some of the largest customers in the AWS in five months is just blows me away. So that's one of the things that I love and, and it's exciting about Guard Duty is that we really shaved down the friction with Guard Duty even more so than we had done in other services. And we really turned the screws on that on purpose. I wanted it to be a no-brainer for customers to deploy and enable across all their accounts and regions. I wanted to make it super easy so they didn't have to go through weeks or months of effort to get it there. And we've proven out that if you distill it down to a single click or API call, if you take out all the heavy lifting for customers on the back end and get it, make it super easy and simple to get started, make it super cost efficient and broadly applicable to the entire customer base that you can get explosive adoption. And so I'm excited to be able to develop more security solutions that meet that criteria so that, you know, I kind of think of it as guard duty was, is one click away. You know, the next security services is one more click away. And so I can draft off of that existing customer base. They're delighted with guard duty and the value they're getting out of it. How do I add f premium features and functions to that that just gives them, hey, I can do this with one more click. I can enable that one more click and I'm doing more and more security across my entire platform and continue to take away some of the heavy lifting associated with managing hundreds of accounts, for example, aggregating findings, operationalizing in the back end. I can kind of do that for the first service. And then one more click, I can get going with things like Macy and Inspector and other areas of security and really break the barriers down to allow these teams, these security teams within our customers to move really fast. 
and um, and really raise the bar on security. So that's to me is really exciting. Um, that's very cool. But one of the things I wanted to um, you know just touch base on if it's really easy for customers uh, to use, how hard was it for you guys to build? <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was it was a lot of work, uh, and it was um, a lot of the simplicity. You had to, we had to fight really hard to be honest with you. To it's really easy to cut corners and uh, in some of those areas. Like, does it really have to be one click? What about free clicks? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that's a huge <laughs> discussion. Do, do we have to, yeah, yeah, do we have to enable the data sources for them, on, on, you know, or can we have them go do that first? And we really fought hard for that. And um, I think, you know, now Garduty is proving that, you know, customers really value that. It really has meaningful impact. Um, and so, you know, that that made all the work worth it. It's going to make it a lot easier sell going forward to do that uh, in the future. Were you just walking out of rooms going, one click? One I, click. I was <laughs> slamming doors. I was. I was. We were really passionate Not about one it. And, a half. and uh, we got a lot of pushback, to be honest with you, because it took a lot of work uh, and heavy lifting to do that. But it's proving out to be well worth it. Yeah. Anything that looks that clean is always going to be really, really hard to execute yeah. in real life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking with us. We really appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. If you're interested in learning more about GDPR or GDPR, depending on where you're from, go to the GDPR Center on AWS. We've got white papers, videos, FAQs, a lot of information there about privacy and uh, our services. Now we can help enable you on your GDPR compliance journey. And turn guard to the Immediately. <laughs> Thank you. One click. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>